I grew up in the 60s and 70s reading German folk tales, English folk tales, but I never saw myself reflected in these stories. I somehow was wandering in the world without my world being reflected back at me, you know, like a mirror. So, you know, it's like growing up blindfolded in a sense. Some much-needed new children's books for library shelves in Fiji from an unlikely team of aspiring authors. Stories for kids today on In Asia from the Asia Foundation. I'm John Rieger. And I'm Tracy Yang. At Fiji's first-ever book lab, six writers and four illustrators with some unconventional resumes teamed up to create ten new picture books in four intensive days. The stories will answer the crying need for kids' books in Fiji's new Tongues. And joining us now from Fiji to talk about the Book Lab are the Asia Foundation's Malika Sobi and Book Lab author Susie Elliott. Susie and Malika, welcome to In Asia. Thank you. Thank you, John. It was nice of you to invite us. So, Malika, 10 books in four days. That sounds pretty intense. Tell us a bit about the creative team you put together for this project. Who are they? My background was in environmental science, so this was a totally new network for me to tap into finding illustrators and finding writers. And so I turned to our partner, the University of the South Pacific, and they identified some of the writers for me. They come from different backgrounds, but they've always wanted to write for children. There is a lecturer from university there. There is a final year journalism student who's also one of the writers, Susie, who came from a a librarian background. And then we have the illustrators, somebody who used to be an engineer with the electricity company, the wedding photographer. There's a deaf illustrator who just loves to draw superheroes. And the fourth one is Choni, who is a brand specialist. What a great group. It sounds um, it sounds almost like an episode of Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the book lab had a theme, Oceans and Inclusive Climate Action. How did you arrive at that? When the UN declared 2021 to 2030 as the UN Decade of Ocean Science for Sustainable Development, we thought, why not have our first book lab around an oceans theme? It's so appropriate because we live in the Pacific Ocean and young children on our islands have experienced firsthand the impacts of climate change. Mm. So then why children's books? Why was this particular project needed? Mm, that's a good question. Because there's such a dearth of children's books in Fiji, particularly in the vernacular, mm. which is so much a part of our cultural identity. Susie? Because we were colonized by the British, and it wasn't until the 1970s when Fiji gained independence, our education curriculum was based on the English language and everything English. I grew up in the 60s and 70s reading German folk tales, English folk tales. And so I lived an experience of myself through the adventures and the stories that came from other countries. But I never saw myself reflected in these stories. I somehow was wandering in the world without my world being reflected back at me, you know, like a mirror. Like a mirror in which you yourself do not appear. That's right. You're looking into this mirror and you see everything else happening in the mirror, but you don't see yourself or your situation or your experience so that you can point and say, look, this is who I am. This is where I am. This is what I sound like. 
So, you know, it's like growing up blindfolded in a sense. So is a children's book project the weapon that is going to smite the legacy of colonialism? It's, it's a spark, <laughs> One John. day at a time, John. One day at a time. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a spark. It's the hopefully see, wow, we can see ourselves in these books. They're actually speaking our language. So I'd like to hear more about the stories themselves. What are they about? They are children's stories, and what we wanted to do was to get the children to learn a bit about the natural world around them. And so the stories range from tackling issues like ocean warming. There's one on Superhero Day, which is talking all about mangroves. A child comes to school dressed up as a mangrove tree and explains why he's a superhero. There's one about sea level rise where the little grandson says, oh, we can build you a nice house on the hill because of the sea rise in the the coastal village. There's also a really humorous one about a disposable mask because everyone knows what a mask is because we're all forced to (laughs) wear one. So the mask is disposed of in a rubbish bin and then it flies off. The bin wasn't shut properly, so it then ends up in the ocean and encounters all these different creatures that tell the mask, you can't be here. We're going to choke on you or whatever. (laughs) So it's talking about marine litter. I love it. And they're also passionate about it. Everyone had fun composing the storyboards. And and Susie has a really cute character in one of her stories called Molly. And the first time I saw the storyboard for Molly, I just smiled because there she was in her little swimsuit. And, and, you know, I, I just, I could picture it straight away. Susie, we've been trying to uh, persuade you as we prepare for this interview to read some of your work from the Book Lab project. Yes, I'd love to do that. This is the one that Milika was talking about. It's titled Scaredy Cat Molly. Molly lives on an island in Fiji with her family. She has a big sister, Rossi, and an older brother, Kenny. He sometimes calls her a scaredy cat. It upsets her a lot, if only she could show him that she isn't one. It's the first week of the school holidays. Molly, Kenny and Rossi are excited to be at the seashore. Molly loves to explore the beach and rock pools. Come on, last one in the water is a scaredy cat, Kenny sings out. Molly and Rossi race him to the water's edge. They jump on the first wave they see. As the tide goes out, the rock pools emerge. Look, Rossi, it's time to go exploring, Molly says. There are so many wonderful things to see. They spot clumps of black mussels and scuttling green crabs. There are blue starfishes and hairy, brittle stars with long, wavy tentacles. The speckled and rubbery sea cucumbers tunnel into the sand as the girls stamp about the pool. Leaving Rossi alone, Molly wanders away from her into another rock pool. The quiet pool is covered in wavy seagrass. The water is a little deep and rises up to her knees. Molly does not see a small hammerhead shark drifting out of the seagrass from the back of the pool. It silently wends its way toward her, wanting to get out. From the next pool, Rossi sees the shark's dorsal fin. Watch out, she yells. Looking up suddenly, Molly is startled by the shark. She realizes that she is blocking the entrance to the reef. The shark settles on the sand and watches her. There's a shark, a shark, shrieks Molly. Stay still, I'm coming, Rossi shouts back. Watching the hammerhead shark, 
Molly moves slowly aside to make way for it, and as she does, it rises up and swiftly swims away, leaving a plume of sand behind it. The excitement of seeing her first shark is too much for poor Molly. Rossi wades toward her and scoops her up in a hug. Wow! How brave you are, Rossi chuckles. Just wait until Kenny hears how you looked the shark in the eye and didn't blink. Not a scaredy cat now, gasps Molly, and they both laugh. <laughs> that is adorable. Oh, yeah. oh, thank you, John. Susie, do you want to tell them the surprise about Molly? Oh. oh, yes, yes, yes. The illustrator who is illustrating the story is Choni Mode, and at the end, when her sister scoops her up, Molly faces the reader, and we see that Molly has Down syndrome. And so that's the big reveal. And from start to finish, I wanted the story to just evolve and flow without any explanation about Molly until at the end. And this is because my intention is to be inclusive. You know what I'm trying to say? Children with disability can relate to this story. It's part of being able to see yourself in the literature you're exposed to. That's brilliant, John. Absolutely. And it goes back to the heart of what it is I'm trying to say with my stories, you know, to be seen. There's a lot more to this little book lab than just a week of trying to write some stories, I can see. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. The Asia Foundation's Malika Sobi and author Susie Elliott, thank you both for joining us today from Fiji. Thank you, John and Tracy. Thanks, John and Tracy. It was a pleasure. And that's all for our show. You can read more about the Book Lab in this week's In Asia blog by typing In Asia, one word, into the Google machine. And while you're there, you can also subscribe to our podcast. Please do. Until next time, I'm Tracy Yang. And I'm John Rieger. Thanks for listening.